0: Welcome to CalCast, your creator of national podcast.
1: God Network News. Where we give you a new perspective on events happening in our world today. This is GNN.
0: This is God Network News, Episode 175. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world. Greetings, God Network News fans, to another great series that we'll be doing on movements. For these next few weeks, we've got some exciting podcasts that have been recorded by some colleagues of ours, all on the topics of movements, what makes movement leaders, what makes a movement, all kinds of exciting things. We're going to be focusing a lot on what God's doing in this season of missions, which is movements of peoples, whole people groups to Christ. There's amazing things happening, miracles everywhere. One of our organizations that we are partnering with, 2414, is already monitoring 1,360 movements. And each of these movements have over 56,000 new believers among them. And these are just amongst unreached people groups. So God is up to something really fantastic. And we're going to be looking into this in the next few weeks of our podcast of God Network News. Portions of our podcasts will be made up of... rebroadcasted podcast interviews from a friend of ours named Steve Addison. Steve Addison is a great podcaster and very passionate about movements of peoples to Christ. And Steve has his own podcast, very successful podcast with over 226 podcast episodes. And the name of his podcast is On the Road to No Place Left. And we highly recommend that you subscribe to his podcast because he has an overwhelming library of exciting topics related to movements. If you want to learn more about movements, this is the place to find the information and he has lots of training and tools and other resources that will really make your investigation of this topic successful. So we really want to thank Steve Addison and his partners there at movements.net forward slash podcast. That's how you can find it at movements.net forward slash podcast for all of the resources that he has given us for these next few podcasts. Thank you very much, Steve.
1: You know, I would characterize most movements as saying the people that are involved in movements have an apostolic passion and calling that I would say verges on the boundaries of desperation. Mm. They are so passionate for the people group that they are called to. That in most instances, they're going to be doing this regardless of whether there's money for it or not. They're going to find a way. So what I've generally found is that most movements actually, there's not a lot of money going around these things, but they're doing it anyway. And you you find the the insiders and the outsiders. Yes, I I, I acknowledge you know that the the outsiders, the the westerners who are trying to help and trying to trying to facilitate and trying to coach, they probably do have access to to more finances. But you know these these aren't the 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 billionaires of the earth. These are are people who are passionate about this particular country, this particular people group, and they they're wanting to do everything they possibly can. That's Healthy and good, but also that's within the scope of their capabilities to help um, to help these people reach the unreached around them. And in a lot of instances, you have to be really pretty innovative because there's just not a whale of a lot of money going around to try to, to, to try to do things. And I think because there's not a lot of money going around, um, they have been led by the spirit and through desperation into things that really don't cost very much, but are, uh, infinitely multipliable. You know, we, we don't, we don't film huge, uh, we don't do huge video campaigns. We don't, we don't, you know, do satellite broadcasts. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but without the resources for those things, you do what's available to you and what's available to you is people share people, Share the gospel. People make disciples. People um, do the, and teach others to do the same thing because they're desperate that people hear good news. Mm. Yeah, you know. Um, so most of the people that I encounter, really, they don't have a lot access to a lot of money, but they're willing to pray and work right alongside everybody else. There are a fair number of teens, probably a a large number of teams, even larger than what I'm aware of who never see a movement start. So, you know, it could be just as simple as um, you've got a team of two or three people and they're placed on the field and they've been working to try to make a movement start. Somebody gets sick or somebody's kid um, has a, I don't know, an accident or, or they, or somebody's parents are ill for one reason or another, not, Moral failure, not money issues, not any of those kinds of things. Uh, Maybe their passports aren't renewed, maybe whatever. Um, They have to come off the field and they didn't see a movement start. So there's a fair amount of that kind of thing because it takes a long time to start to see movements start. So you see teams, they get there, they they, so and so and so, and they don't see a movement start and they come off the field. Okay, that happens. Uh, Once you get to four generations, it's very rare that a movement will... Um, I, I call it fizzle, implode. Um, I have documented maybe 15 of those out of 1,300 that I've seen actually implode like that. Um, typically, <clears throat> it's not a recent event. Uh, typically, the implosion, there, there's there been um, a, one or two instances, I think, where it was moral failure in some of the leadership um there's been more instances where it it was and this was early on uh it, there was unfortunately money uh and then the money went away and so the movement stopped um but in all 15 instances that i'm aware of uh those believers it's not like they went back to being whatever they were before the believers are still there and in most of the instances and in some instances they they absorbed into the into the traditional church that was there but in 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 some instances but in most instances what happened was the the leaders that were involved in the movement started new movements so new movements were birthed out of a like i know of one movement that that failed because money was gone um but that movement itself birthed four different movements that started up and in, in they, they basically just multiplied it split and multiplied this is essentially what they did
0: you're listening to God Network News podcast with your host Cal Curtis. Look up our website at godnetworknews.com.
1: I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. Uh, that that's just what happened. And so the movements continue. Um, so in most instances when you get to four generations, it's it's not actually common for uh, for movements to implode. Now, what does happen quite frequently is a movement will get to the point of what I would call um, like stagnation. They they will reach a point and they'll stop growing. And the the typical reason for that is that they reach the natural boundary around them. It might be a political boundary. It might be a linguistic or a cultural boundary, whatever it is, they've reached that boundary. And you have two choices at that point. You either, you know, basically ossify into a, a network that, Functions like a house church, but is basically more like a, a traditional church and that this is the scope of what you have. Or you are able to send workers over that boundary and see new growth and new things start. And there's uh, a good number of movements that have done that and many movements that are, are starting to hit that boundary and some that haven't accomplished that. Getting over the cross-cultural boundary can be just as hard for people that are, you know, in the field as it is for Westerners. There, it's not like, you know, people in America, people in Europe find it more difficult and people in Asia and Africa just go over those boundaries all the time. That's not true. There's a, It's difficult to get over that cross-cultural boundary. But that's really what has to happen if the movement's to grow. The natural barrier is typically... Mm, around 100,000 people. And in, in most cases, it appears to be once you start getting up around 100,000, mm. um, you know, 10s of 1000s upwards toward 100,000, you have to start thinking about how are we going to go to the people next door. Mm. And, and that's a, that's something that is just as challenging for them as it is for us. What sort of people is God looking for as catalysts for movements around the world? Uh, one of the things we talk about is we try never to prejudge the field. We try never to prejudge a person because we just don't know who is going to be a good catalyst and who's not. I will tell you that generally what we look for um, in in a person who's going to be a field worker is someone who's willing to work in relationship with others Someone who's willing to be coached and to coach both, who's willing to pour their heart into other people. Um, someone who's willing to both experiment and learn, you know, uh, someone who's a learner. Someone who's really willing to obey, uh, to, to do the things that need to be done uh, in order to see fruit grow. And someone who's willing to, to count the cost. And pay the pay the inevitable price that will be paid and deal with the fact that they probably won't get a lot of glory for what's for what's going to happen. You know, at at, at no point um, in a traditional movement is there a lot of glory at any level. Yeah, I mean, you could be the national leader of, of a movement, you know, but once you're beyond four generations, the people sort of downline from you so to speak they have no idea who you are and they certainly don't know who the westerner was that was that was helping out you know and was and was and was serving this movement so you, you got to live with the fact that there's there's not really going to be a lot of glory in, in, involved in this and you got to deal with the fact that there's going to be a price to pay there's going to be uh, uh, challenges and hardships and um, sicknesses and martyrs and you know it, it, you just have to deal cope with that that reality. Um, uh, I'm, I would be looking for somebody who's entrepreneurial and has a passion, you know, give me Scotland or I die kind of person. Um, that's really who I, who I would, I would be looking for, but again, we try not to prejudge the field. You know, some of the best evangelists have been, um, young people and, and old people who you wouldn't expect would have any. Uh, ability or reputation they're they're too new they're too young they're too old you know they're they're they've got too many kids they don't have enough kids they they're not married they they they're business people they're not business. we have all sorts of reasons for why somebody can't possibly be and then they turn around and they end up being somebody who brings hundreds of people into the kingdom it, it's just impossible to really tell so what sets them apart Um, most of the people that I've talked to that are catalysts, it's passion for the lost, a willingness to obey and do whatever God is calling them to do and a high capacity to experiment and learn and try new things. You know, the, 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 one of, one of the folks that I, that is in our organization, you know, what they'll tell you is we just get up in the morning and we pray and we listen and whatever God tells us to do, that's what we do it's for them, it's just that simple. It's it's just that straightforward. Um, And I think, okay,